makes up the year. Big chance for Risha. He's done it again. And it's a goal. Unbelievable. What about this? Dylan Piraeus, his first touch of the game. Sanchez. Western United do claim the three points. And Diamante again. Oh, he's done it twice. He's chipped a keeper. Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR. Football Nation Radio. It was a banner week for the club. A massive, massive weekend in Victorian football for all Western United affiliated teams. The senior men drawing two all with a last minute penalty save thanks to Jamie Young in Ballarat. Heart stopping contest. Uh, the Colder United side opening with a nil all draw against one of their title rivals in Box Hill. And the MPL 3 side winning in the last minute against uh, against Melbourne City. And we've got representatives from all three teams on the show today to discuss it. This is The Green Room on FNR, presented by Simmons Homes, the great Australian builder. I'm Josh Parrish. I've got Lockie Flanagan along with me as always. How are you, Lockie? I'm excellent. I think this this might even be a, a show first that we cover the, the club at every single level in which it exists in a single episode. Obviously, we you know, go through all of them over the course of the show. But to fit it all into one hour-long program, this feels like a, almost like a condensed, like, you know, Western United for dummies. No one's a dummy, obviously, on the stream, just to be clear. I'm not insulting you. But, um, you know, that, like it's a condensed version. That, that's yeah. that's going to be great. But you know what's on my mind even more than uh, what we're about to speak about, who we're about to speak to, Josh, is uh, I'm wondering whether or not any of the uh, – because we mentioned this in the show last week – whether any of those Western United fans out there – did manage to get to all three of the games mm, on the weekend. That's what we want to know. If you did... If you are out there... In get the in the comment section. section. Let us know if you managed to make it to all three games. We want photographic evidence. We want proof. Tweet it at us. And if so, we want you on the show. Absolutely. You'll be next week's guest. That offer still standing. Steve Lustica is our first guest to talk about the men's side. Steve, how are you? Thanks for joining us once again on The Green Room. Yeah, all well, good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it was a heart-stopping game for the spectators in Ballarat over the weekend. Uh, what about for the players, mate? It was uh, pretty dramatic. Yeah, it was, to be honest. Um, obviously, there was a bit of late drama there at the end. And, you know, obviously, Youngie pulled off that, that save at the end. But look, you know, overall, you know, we were obviously a bit disappointed that, you know, that's a game that we're hope, hoping to get the three points. Um, you know, we did come back from behind, which was a positive. Um, you know, I thought we... We started the game a bit slow. Um, we conceded that early goal, but, you know, the positive was that we came back in the second half. We went up 2-1, and then obviously we conceded that goal and that late drummer at the end. So, look, all in all, you know, we've got to be be happy with the point. What was going through your mind as you, you watched uh, Jason Cummings line up for that, that spot kick? Did you have confidence in uh, in Youngie to pull off the save? Yeah, look, Youngie's been fantastic for us all season. Um, so, you know... He obviously stood up in the right moment there, right at the death, you know, and, and saved it for us. So, um, you know, that was, um, you know, obviously great from Youngie. And like I said, he's been fantastic all season. So, um, overall, look, you know, obviously, like I said, it was a bit disappointing for us um, not to get the three points in the end. But, um, yeah, we move on to next next game. Were you almost, was there a little small part of you? And maybe you don't want to give, give Jamie too much credit, but just kind of, had that sixth sense that he was going to save it. Because I, I've got to say, watching that in real time, I don't think I've ever seen a, a keeper save a penalty quite as comfortably 
as Youngy saved that penalty. Like it, it, so calm. it almost looked easy for him. It was like he knew where it was going beforehand. Did you almost have a sixth sense as you were standing on the line? That, I reckon he's going to save this. Yeah, look, like I said, we have full, full confidence in Youngy. He's pulled off so many saves for us this season. And, you know, um, I can't recall that we've conceded too many penalties as well. So, um, you know, he stepped up at the right moment, saved it. And, of course, you know, Youngy's been fantastic. And, like I said, um, it was a great save, yeah. You had your regular central midfield partner back in the side in, uh, in Neil Kilkenny. How is it to have him back? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Kilkenny's been, you know, fantastic for us all season. Um, you know, to play with him, it's, it's you know, it's just so easy at times because he understands the game so well. He's such an intelligent footballer as well. So to have him, you know, next to midfield always makes it easier. So it's, we're, we're very happy that, you know, that he's, that he's back, back playing. And one of the other players that's been joining you in that midfield three area, of course, in the absence of Alessandro Diamanti is, is Lockie Wales, who's not someone that we have traditionally known uh, as a 10. You know, he's been more of a, a wide player or a central striker. How do you find working in with him making up that that midfield three? Yeah, look, Lockie's been fantastic as well in the attack, attacking um, third as well. So, you know, he can obviously play out wide. He can play as a 10. He can play as a striker. So, you know, in that attacking area, you know, he's got a lot of speed and he understands the game well as well. So, um, you know, if he's playing as a 10 or, or as a winger, he understands his role. He can he can play all those positions uh, up front. So, you know, he did really well on the weekend and obviously had that great assist for Priovic. So, um, yeah, Lockie's, uh, Lockie's been playing very well. Well, actually, I'm glad you brought up Alex Priovic because th- this was almost as someone who enjoys a bit of not just football discussion, but discussion about football sartorial and the fashion of football. <laughs> I was very, very impressed uh, by by Alex Priovic, almost like hitman uh, get up with the long <laughs> sleeves and the uh, and the gloves as well. well. What did you make of that? Because uh, gloves, I think in Australian football, Gloves can be a bit, a bit of a of controversial a, thing a at the local level. Were there any, any yeah, look, comments gonna, come up? I'm not going to lie. We, we, there was a few eyebrows raised when you put them on uh, right before the game. Uh, because like you said, we're not, we're not, we don't really wear gloves in Australia, do we? It doesn't get that cold. I mean, you know, he's played in some hot places around the world. He's played in Saudi and, you know, he's played in Greece, obviously. I'm pretty sure it gets pretty cold there. But not, you know, it wasn't that cold in Ballarat, but that's, um, yeah, like I said, there was a few question marks there when you put them on, but. Yeah, if he's comfortable in them, that's um, that's his thing. Yeah. I, I suppose if he's scoring goals, it doesn't doesn't really matter too much to you as a teammate, uh, whether he's wearing gloves or not. No, hundred percent. If he's gonna if he's scoring for us, he can wear whatever he wants. Um, so no problem there. He's hardly taking the throw-ins, so it doesn't really matter. No, but, you know, true. football football takes you many places, hot and cold. So. Well, I just, I just do remember thinking, as impressed as I was, exactly as Steve said, it is cold in Ballarat, but it's. Is it that cold? Is it glove cold? <laughs> I'm not sure. Is it, is it ever glove cold in, in well, Victoria? I'm not he's sure. He's been he's been in Greece and Saudi Arabia, so he's probably not probably not used to the the Ballarat chill. Yeah, no. Comparatively maybe maybe that's speaking. a good nickname you've come up with, uh, Lockie, the the hitman, because he's he's clinical in front of goal. Unless, unless Steve, he he has a, another nickname that's better in within the club that we don't know about. Uh, well, I've heard the hitman, to be honest. That's, that's, that's a good one. We might throw that one around the change room <laughs> tomorrow training and see, see what the boys think. Perfect. I'd rather uh, you guys uh, break uh, it in for me. Don't shoot him that one. Oh, I don't mind that one, to be honest. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so who, who is the uh, the one who comes up with the nicknames at training? Is there someone usually coining them? Uh, look, there's a few few jokers in, in the room. Lockie Wales comes to mind. He doesn't mind the few, uh, few jokes here and there. So if, if I had to... 
say someone would be Lockie Wales. He's, he's usually front and centre with all with all the different banter going around. Do, do you have one that's stuck in the Western United changing room? In terms of like a, a nickname, a name, yeah. nickname. Wednesdays, you know, Wednesdays is. Uh, Wednesday. When Wenzel Halls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Because we've got a few, we've got two Dylans in the team. So we've got Dylan Paris and uh, Dylan Wenzel Hall. So uh, everyone's saying Dylan, Dylan, and then we didn't know which one. So we, we call Wenzel Halls Wednesdays. That that makes sense. I, I, I was wondering, knowing Dylan Wenzel Hall's uh, n- notoriety amongst the playing group for, for being a, a good talker and uh, being able to get under people's skin, especially his opposition teammates. I thought he maybe ha- might have had a nickname to be a be less charitable, but um, <laughs> maybe Wednesdays, not one appropriate when, for the yeah. Wednesdays is probably yeah. a good one to leave. I, I <laughs> yeah, remember there's a, few, there's, a few, there's a few for him, um, but probably not suitable. For, <laughs> yes. for the great yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a G show. That's that's a great point. Well, so someone who did have quite a bit to say about uh, Dylan Wenzel Hall's last week was, of course, Nikolai Topol Stanley and. We all know the milestone that he was able to achieve over the weekend, uh, breaking that A-League men's all-time games record. I mean, what was it like for you as a player to sort of stand alongside someone like Nikolai and, and experience that moment with him as well? Yeah, look, Topper's, you know, he's been, he's had a fantastic career throughout the A-League and, you know, obviously now he's broken the record and, you know, all credit to him. I mean, he's the ultimate professional. He's, he's you know, such, he's such a leader amongst the boys in the dressing room and, you know, he's, he's, he's the perfect, perfect guy to hold that record, uh, basically. So, you know, I'm sure there's many more games to come from him as well. I bet there is because, you know, we were chatting to him. It doesn't seem like the end's in sight. Uh, you know he's he's very very down to earth. Like he, we, we were lauding his you know professionalism and so forth. And he's like, oh, I picked up things here and there. You know, he's he's an incredibly modest character, right? Yeah, no, he is. He's he's very modest. He's very humble, um, and he's very well liked amongst the playing group as well in the change room. So, like I said, all credit to Topper. Um, you know, he, he, I played with him. Um, this is the second club I've been with him at now, and um, yeah. Um, like I said, I can see him going on. He's, you know, he's still super fit. He's still, he's still fast. He looks after his body really well, and you know, you could go on for another another few seasons. I think. Obviously, Steve, you've got plenty of experience yourself. You know, you're not one of those sort of younger players that you mentioned that needs to be sort of taking Nikolai Topol Stanley's every word, you know, that comes out of his mouth. But do you find that he is a kind of player that even you yourself, having experienced what you have? You're still picking up little things from him here and there because he kind of seems like like a player's player. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Even like you know Neil Kil- Kilkenny, Diamante, your topper there. Last year was it like Durante? Um, these experienced players, you know, you can learn so much from them. You know, just for, for, for them being at that at that level for that many years and that consistency, even when they get to those you know late thirties and they're still coming to training every day. They have, they have those high standards, um, you know, definitely you can you can learn from that. You know, me me as well and obviously for the younger guys as well, 100%. Mm. Oh, you mentioned Diamante in that list of um, people to learn from and he's certainly someone who you've been able to do plenty of listening to off the pitch recently. Obviously, he's not available to take the field at the moment through injury, but we have seen him quite a lot featuring behind the... Uh, you know, behind the coaching staff, behind John Aloisi, sort of 
uh, being very emotive in terms of what's happening on the pitch and, and no doubt yelling plenty of instructions. Can you hear him over the uh, the yells of John and, and Hayden Fox on the touchline? Yeah. You can always hear the. Uh, I mean, he's always he's always you know. Obviously, at the game, you, you saw him on the sidelines there on the bench, um, you know, getting up, screaming, screaming instructions out to the boys and, you know, just motivating the boys, basically. Same at training, you know, he hasn't been training, obviously, the last couple of weeks, but he, he's there every day. He's watching training. He's with the boys. He's in the change room. Um, so, with Diamante as well, you know, you, he, he's just football mad, you know. He's that passionate about the club, about football in general, and he, he just wants to help. So um, he's another one that's um, been a big, um, big factor for us. What about some of the young boys who are starting to come into the picture? I mean, we've heard big raps for uh, for Adisu Bayou in recent weeks. Yeah, look, so obviously we've got a lot of good youngsters coming through. Um, you know, you can look through the NPL team as well. They, they, they've been more sitting on the weekend and there's a lot of quality young players coming through there as well. So, you know, the future is definitely bright for Western United in terms of young players. Um, it's just about for them waiting for their chance and making sure, you know, they come in every day prepared to work hard to, to improve and, and when that chance does come that, that, that they're ready to, to grab it because it's not easy as well. I was in that position as well, um, you know, a long time ago now, but you know, I was a young player as well, trying to break in and get 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 minutes, and it wasn't easy back then, and it's no different now as well. So you know, they've got to buy their time, they've got to keep working hard, and their time will come, and you know, they've got to be ready when it does come. And in terms of those MPL guys, I don't know if you've had a chance to to watch much of the team so far or see many of those guys in training, but is there anyone who's who's stood out to you in recent weeks as they've started their campaign? Um, look, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of players there. Um, you know, one that that I, you know, that I've seen he trains with us regularly is Reese Bosanovsky. He's one definitely to look mm-hmm. out for. Um, you know, I think he's got a lot of potential, and he's one that's definitely caught my eye. Absolutely. What is it about Reese? What, what does he bring to the table if people haven't seen him play? Yeah, he's just he's, a, he's an all-round type of midfielder. You know, he can play. You know, as a holder, as a t- attacking midfielder. Mm. As a ten, as an eight, you know, he's very comfortable on the ball. He's sort of, he's, he's you know, he's, he's pretty small for his, he's, you know, he's not a big player, but he uses his body well. He's, he's very intelligent with how he uses the ball. Um, and, you know, he's only just turned 18 as well. So definitely, um, you know, a good future ahead for him if he continues to, you know, work hard and improve. Do you see yourself in him at all? It seems like you've got a few uh, similar qualities from your description. What was that? Sorry, I missed do you that. See, do you see yourself in, in Reese at all? You know, no, a younger version? Yeah, I'm just born to him. You know, he plays a similar position to me. You know, I, yeah, I mean, he's caught my eye. You know, since I remember watching him um, when he was training with the MPL team last season, uh, he wasn't even training with with us. And I used to watch their trainings in the morning and he always stood out to me. And now he's, you know, he had, he's been training with us full time and definitely one that, that, that has caught my eye. On the topic of promising youngsters, Steve, we, we know that you're, you know, that's something you're really passionate about both internally and externally to the club. And I'm going to do something here that uh, a lot of people say you shouldn't always do, which is uh, bring off-air conversations into the public forum. But Uh-oh. I'm going to do I'm going to do it. I'm doing it for good reason. And it's because um, I, I've had the, the, the pleasure of, of citing you, albeit from a distance, at a few NPL Victoria games this season where you've been, you know, Paying attention to some younger players that that you've been working with, how do you you find the uh, the balance of, of working with those players amongst a, amongst a weekend? Yeah, look, obviously now it's it's a little bit difficult um, with with, with um, the season and our training schedule at the moment, but 
you know, there's a number of players there that I've worked with that I keep an eye on um, in the MPL um, set up there. So I do like to, when I do get a chance, I like to get out to games and, and keep, eye on, keep an eye on some of these boys. Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's uh, also now you can't get out to the games. You can watch the games online as well, which, which mm. is a big help. So, um, yeah, I enjoy, you know, when I do have spare time, I do enjoy getting out to some of the games and, and seeing the talent out there because there is a lot of untapped touch talent, you know, untapped talent out in the NPL that, you know, unfortunately they, they don't get an opportunity. So, you know, hopefully in the years to come, you know, we see these boys step up into the A-League. Absolutely. Uh, last few weeks for the squad, since we last spoke to you, what's been the message from the coaching staff? Obviously every team's going through this heavy run of games and pretty much it's a, it's a full-on sprint until the end of the season. So, you know, they're probably, we've seen in the A-League a little bit of inconsistency with a lot of teams. Uh, what's been the message to, to try and keep that consistency level from the coaching staff? Yeah, basically stick to what we've been doing all season, um, which is, you know, obviously working hard, um, sticking to our structures that we've been, you know, working on since day one. Um, you know, it's been working for us all season and, you know, we've been growing throughout the season as well and getting better and, you know, we've obviously faced a lot of challenges as well, different venues, you know, obviously everyone's faced the COVID situation um, as well. Um, you know, injuries hasn't helped as well, but, you know, we, we, we've, we've, we've put all that aside and just focused on, you know, the playing group that's there to play. We know we've got, you know, we've got good players there. We've got a, we've got a coaching staff there that, 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 you know, give us so much information, so much going to so much detail before the game. So you know, we're we're we're, we're well prepared going to games, and we, you know, we know what to expect. So it's the same every game. You know, is going to be difficult, like it is in the A League, and you know, now it's you know, I think there's six games to go, and you know, we're going to give it a good crack. Playing at a variety of venues is something that's just um, you know been something that you've had to work in throughout the season, as you've mentioned, and you'll be adding another exciting one to the list this week in Ballarat, taking on. Wellington Phoenix at the uh, the Ballarat Regional Soccer Facility. Obviously, we know that it's been a difficult couple of, of weeks for, for Wellington, you know, dealing with a lot of outs, suffering a couple of defeats. How do you approach a game like that as a squad? Obviously, a team that's suffered, you know, two significant losses, maybe when you're at the top of the table, it'd be easy to think, oh, this is a great chance to grab three points. But obviously, you've also got to guard against complacency on, on the other hand. So how do you look at a, a, an approach, a fixture like this? Yeah, to be honest, it would be no different the way we would approach it if, if they won three or four nil the last couple of games. Um, it would be the same. You know, we do an analysis on, on the opposition. We do our own analysis and, and you know, we, we play our, our own games. So, like I said, it doesn't, doesn't make a difference, you know, if they won the last games or they've lost. For us, it's always the same. So, you know, we're going to go in with a clear mind and knowing what we need to do to get the job done. Go for it, Josh. All right, I was go gonna I was going to ask, you know, in your career, you've obviously been on a lot of successful teams. I imagine you've been through some difficult times and difficult spells as well. And Wellington having lost, you know, five and six nil in their last two games. Is there a danger approaching, uh, I guess, what you call a wounded animal, a team that's uh, really hurting and, and looking to make it right? Yeah, of course. They're going to want to bounce back as well. So, you know, they've, they've had two big defeats now and, Hundred percent, they're going to be up for it. You know, they're going to want to bounce back with, with a positive result. So they're going to be ready. We're going to be ready. I mean, like I said, nothing changes for us. We, we're going to approach the game like any other game as well. So you know, we've got a few more sessions uh, until the game on Saturday, um, and yeah, we're obviously looking forward to getting out to Ballarat again. 
Absolutely. Well, Steve, thank you so much for joining us and uh, giving us a bit of an insight into the first team group at the moment. Uh, back in Ballarat, this time at Moorshead Park against Wellington Phoenix. It's a 2.05pm kickoff on Saturday afternoon. All the best for the game and for the rest of the season, mate. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. With that, we'll take a short break here on The Green Room on FNR and be back with more. We've got a young gun joining us next who scored three goals in his first three MPL Victoria games. Jake Nadovsky joining us on the other side. Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Marisha! He's done it again! And it's a goal! Unbelievable! What about this? Dylan Piraeus, his first touch of the game... And Diamante again! Oh, he's done it! Twice! He's chipped a keeper! Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR. Football Nation Radio. There are few better feelings in football than scoring a last-minute winner. But that's exactly what our next guest experienced over the weekend. 92nd minute against Melbourne City in an A-League MPL 3 derby. And what does he do? Puts it away, sends the bench into raptures and uh, sends Western United home with the three points, 2-1. Jake Nadovsky is our guest. Jake, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. It's our absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all, and uh, how you got into football first and then how you got to Western United. Yeah, well, um, I started playing playing footy. When I was uh, young, I played Auskick. My dad enrolled me. And then um, from there, primary school, just always playing soccer. All my mates love soccer. And then sort of fell in love with the sport. Um, And then started juniors at Spring Hills, a local club. It's close by to George's where we train now. And, um, yeah, from there went into NPL at Hume City. Had a year at Melbourne Victory in the development squad. Um, and then from there, got picked up by one of my school coaches to go to Melbourne City. Had a had a couple of years there, um, and then my last year, Anthony Frost coached me, um, and then moved over to to Western in the under twenty ones through Vaughan Coveney. Well, I'm getting I'm gonna get back to that uh, obviously that previous stint working under Anthony at a different club, one who you uh, may or may not have scored against this weekend. But I want to go back to the to the actual you know dig a little bit deeper into that actual journey through because you've given us an overview, and obviously I think a, a lot of young players I think have, have got that story of being uh, claimed by Auskick very early doors. You know they they like to get their claws into you really. Uh, <laughs> we got footy, one back yeah. footy at the early level. It's always great to get one back, but um obviously. Your journey into the the game at the level you are has has come from being genuinely passionate about the sport and enjoying playing with your mates. At what point mm. did it go from just something that you were having fun doing, you know, with your mates to oh, this is actually quite serious. I'd I'd actually quite like to you know take this seriously, become a professional. When did that sort of um, goal and mindset shift for you? Was there a specific moment? Um, I don't feel like there was a moment where, you know, that sort of happened. I feel like it gradually, you know, got stronger as mm. I as I started to love the sport more. Um, but I feel like when I went to, to Melbourne Victory uh, in that development squad is when it started getting serious because, um, you know, it's a big club. It's an A-league club. So I thought, you know, I've got a good chance here. Why not give it a crack? 
Absolutely. And uh, scoring against your, your former side must have been sweet on the weekend. Let's yeah. let's go through. Let's capture the moment. What was going through your mind as the ball was cut back to you in the box? Um, I was I was gassed, you know. We, we had a big game. It was intense. Um, and the ball sort of, you know, bobbled out to me. That was a good ball by Seba. And then I just gave it everything I had, whacked it, found a corner and um, took, a, took a bit of deflection. But uh, as soon as the ball nestled in, we just, you know, it was wild scenes. We went crazy and, and it was a great moment. How, how did you uh, manage? Obviously, we, we've seen the video footage of you, you celebrating afterwards. What was going through your mind internally? Because, like, it's a hard thing to score against a club that you used to play for. Because, obviously, especially mm. in the 90th minute, we've seen mm. some players, you know, over the years, uh, you know, throw up the hands. We've seen others run down to the opposition fans and do a big old knee slide. What was going through your mind in, in that moment? Um, I said to my dad, I said to him at the start of the game that if, if I was to score, that I wouldn't celebrate. <laughs> but but um, I, the emotions got to me. It was 92nd minute and, yeah, I couldn't hold back. I just sprinted straight to the – we had a bit of fans and we had some fans on the side there. So I went straight to them and, and I was going for a knee slide, but last second I pulled out and just went slid on my back. And next thing I know, there was about five, six bodies on me. So it was amazing. Well, I think you made the right choice, mate. You do, you want to celebrate those moments. Uh, only thing is, yeah. you know, you made yourself a target going prone on the on, prone on the deck. <laughs> <laughs> of course, absolutely. So, uh, if people haven't seen you play before, how would you describe your game? Like, first off, what position do you play, and and what kind of a style of player are you? Yeah, um, well, I'm a striker. Uh, it's my preferred position. It's where I play most. Um, but I can play anywhere really in the front line, left wing, right wing, as a 10. I've, I played 10 on the weekend, first half, and then went to striker. So position-wise, anywhere really attacking. But um, the, char- the characteristics I have, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm passionate, I'm confident, um, and I'm a finisher. I love, I love to score goals. So that's, what I, that's why I'm a striker, I guess, and it's what I do best. Well, I mean, you describe yourself as a finisher, and I don't think anything proves that more than three goals in your opening three games. I mean, especially considering, you know, having to miss a bit of that uh, season last year, obviously. You mm. must be absolutely wrapped to uh, hit the ground running in the way that you have. Yeah, it's, it's always good. Like, you aim for, you aim to start the season strong as a striker because you want to be flowing with confidence. You want to you wanna be having a good run of form, and, and I'm thankful to have that these first three rounds. So um, yeah, it's it's good to it's good to start the the season with confidence and and some goals to add to it. Absolutely, and and what kind of feedback have you been getting from Anthony Frost? You got a prior relationship with him from Melbourne City. Mm. Um, Frosty Frosty's really good, you know, because you can have a chat with him for whatever you want, um, and he's really good on on the tactical side of the game. So he's been working with me all preseason with with that sort of stuff, and the jump from twenty ones into the seniors. Um, he's been helping me with, you know, bigger bodies and stuff like that. So it's good. It's good to to have him as a mentor again, and and he's given all the boys belief and and confidence into the season because we want to be aiming for promotion like last year. What do you think is like the biggest lesson you've you've learned from Anthony? Because obviously he's had a big impact on you. You know, coming across from one yeah. club to another with him. Is it just that sort of physical side helping you to? Um, you know, build up the, the body a little bit more or, or what is it? Um, confidence. He's, he's told me that as a striker, you, you need confidence um, because 
if, as a striker, if you're not, if you don't have confidence and you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to score goals and stuff like that. So that's one thing I've taken into from preseason. I've taken it straight into round one, you know, to have the confidence, to have the belief in myself that, you know, I can put the ball in the net. And so far it's, it's worked out all right. Absolutely. Uh, we saw your teammates to beat James score on the weekend as well. Fantastic goal. What kind of a relationship have you developed with him on, on and off the pitch? Um, yeah, I mean, so we, we have we have good banter off the pitch. This is my first year I've, I've played with him. But um, when it when it comes to getting serious and the game day, he gets serious, so it's it's good. Um, and we've we've developed some good chemistry, like I said, through preseason, and it's taken us straight into to round one. And he's really the dream the dream that a striker wants. You want a winger that's that's quick. He, he's a good dribbler, and he knows when to get the ball in the box. And from then, it's easy for me. I just got to put it away. It's it's interesting that point you make about the sort of flicking of the switch between like being serious and having a joke and a laugh. Like you kind of need both to make a good team. And I think that the yeah. senior, the senior side would say, say the same thing, but like, how, how do you find that balance? Like, how do you manage to, to transition between those two modes as easily as you do? Is it just like you walk into the change room, you know, lose yourself by Eminem is playing, I presume. And and that's, that's when... I don't when know if the kids listen to that oh, yeah, anymore. No, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know music these days. 22, you know, I've lost touch. Um, lost touch with the year. No, no, we get around um, Eminem. Um, well, I'm, that's but, a relief to know. But how, how do you uh, transition from that serious mode or from yeah. the, uh, like, fun into serious? I, I feel like, you know, as a... Prof- as a professional footballer now, as, as we all are trying to aspire to be, um, you know when to flick the switch, you know, you know when it's, it's banter time and you know when it's time to get serious. And, and game day is definitely one of those times to get serious. Um, and I feel like it just comes naturally now for everyone. Everyone knows when it's time. Mm. The other thing about your move, obviously, across to Western United, clearly, as we've mentioned, Anthony's had a big impact. But another thing that interests me about it is something you mentioned before, that you know your your junior club when you were playing at Spring Hills is obviously right around the corner from from Georgie's. Is that? Uh, I guess what I'm driving at is is that chance to play and represent a club not just at junior level but at senior level who you know represents the area that you're you're from have you grown up at? Is that something that not just inspired your move but also motivates you to take things as seriously as you do and, and play as well as you have? Yeah, hundred percent. Um... You know, it's the area I've, I've grown up in. All my mates live close by and stuff like that. So, you know, it's the west of Melbourne. It's where I'm from and, and I just want to score goals and, and, and play well for the team. Well, we're delighted you've uh, you've seen the light and come back home, mate. Uh, what about <laughs> uh, other football? Do you follow anyone in the Premier League? I, a little birdie tells me you might be a Liverpool fan. Ever's told you that's right, Liverpool fan, yeah. All right, well, Jake, it's been lovely to have you on, but uh, that, that's probably where we're going to have to leave it for the evening. Sorry. Uh, no, no, were you, uh, were you up watching the Champions League this morning? No, nah, I was my sleeping this morning, so I had a sleeping. But wow. I'll be up Monday for Manchester City and Liverpool. Fair enough. From the sounds of things, Jake, you've definitely earned a, earned a sleep in or two. I, I actually <laughs> I want to ask you a question that uh, Josh always, always loves to ask young players in this program, but I'm going to steal it from him because it is a good one. Um, obviously you're a Liverpool fan, you watch a lot of their games. Is there a particular player, and it doesn't have to be from Liverpool, it can be another club in another league that you watch that you really take a lot of inspiration from yourself as an individual and like to model yourself off? Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like I take a bit bits from every sort of, you know, different strikers and players around the world and then try to put it in my own game. But if, if I was to pick one player that I've 
taken a lot of inspiration from, it'd probably be Luis Suarez, especially in his prime at Liverpool. You know, he had a, a lot of good characteristics that a striker needs, and I've taken a lot of um, a lot of those and, and put them into my game. And you can always bite a few chunks out of the opposition players if they're giving you a hard time. <laughs> of course, of course. No, we don't condone that sort of thing. Of course, no. I mean, Luis Suarez. You know, he's. Uh, he was the ultimate forward, of course, in those those peak Liverpool years in at Barcelona as well. Mm. But he also had a habit of uh, of needling opposition defenders when the <laughs> ball was up the other end of the pitch. Is that something you, you get into at all, or do you do you chat to the opposition centre backs during games? I have a little nibble, but not talking. Uh, just talking, not biting. <laughs> That's very very good, good, answer. good answer. Very good answer. <laughs> So obviously you've started the season about as well as as any young striker could hope to, and the team as well has has been off to a flying start. What what's your ambition and your aim for the remainder of the season? Is it just to to keep the good times rolling, pretty much? Um, no, we'll, we'll definitely be going for promotion and and to even winning the league. Um, as soon as Anthony Frost, you know, came in as as a as a senior coach, he was installing that into into us, letting us know that we're not going to settle for anything anything else apart from promotion and, and coming first. So I feel like straight away from the team, round one, I feel like that's why we got to such a good start because we all know what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish by the end of the year. And for you in, uh, as an individual, Jake, obviously the, the, the team is the focus and any player will say that regardless of whether it's true or not. But, you know, you, you've presumably got a... a a number, a figure for goals and assists that maybe you set in a season, and you, you're already on track to uh, maybe maybe breaking that. Do you have to revise your goals at this point, or, or how do you look at things from an individual level in terms of what you want to achieve? Um, individually, I'd probably go for twenty plus goals Whoa, by the end yeah. of the season. Look, it, you're off there to a good go. start. He's a confident young man. Start. I love I it. it. I love it. Yeah. Well, clearly, all the. Clearly, all the Anthony Frost uh, confidence lessons have uh, have done enough, already, Jake. <laughs> well, your next victim, uh, Box Hill United, on on Friday night at, at Wembley Park, always a good place to go yeah. and play. Uh, how have you been yeah. preparing for that one? Um, it's been a short turnaround because we played sun, uh, Sunday, mm. and then we we had Monday, which was just a recovery session. But Tuesday, we got straight into things. We had a tactical session, uh, analysis, um, and just preparing for Box Hill. And then Thursday, we just yeah tomorrow we we'll be doing the same, and then Friday game. So we prepared well. Um, everyone's doing the right things recovery wise and preparation wise, reviewing them. So we'll try to get the three points again. Well, if anyone wants to get down Friday night, seven thirty p.m. kickoff at Wembley Park in Box Hill, uh, cracking chicken souver over there as it's, well. One of, one of uh, Lockie and I's favorite that, yeah. favorite MPO destinations. So every reason for the fans to get around it, but uh, also to go and watch young Jake Nadovsky do his thing. Jake, thank you so much for joining us, and best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you so much for having me, guys. We're going to go to a short break. We've got the women on the other side. Colder United head coach Mark Torcaso is our next guest on The Green Room on FNR, presented by Simmons Homes, so stick around. Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Marisha! He's done it again! And it's a goal! Unbelievable! What about this? Dylan Perez, his first touch of the game! Sanchez! Western United do claim the three points! And Diamant! Presented by Simmons, it's The Green Room on FNR, Football Nation Radio. 
covering all bases today, touching on all aspects of the club, all three teams covered. That was our promise at the start of the episode, and we are fulfilling it with our next guest. We've talked about the senior men, we've talked about the MPL3 juniors, and now it's time to talk about Western United's uh, women's affiliated team, which is Colder United, of course, in MPLW. And we've got Mark Torcaso, the head coach, on to discuss their start to the season and their campaign to come. Mark, welcome to the show. Guys, how are we? Uh, we're doing great, mates. Uh, how are you? Joining us from your car, which is commitment. Uh, absolutely uh, appreciate your time. You don't want to know why I'm in the car. It's, it was a father-in-law's dinner, so I had to uh, I had to go to that and I had to escape that, so it's not a bad thing, to be honest. <laughs> well, enjoy your uh, your brief recess from, uh, I was, from I was, the family. I was dinner. about to say, I was about to say I respect your commitment to the cause and coming on the show, and then you're like, well, I, I kind of want to get it out of the dinner, so there we go. <laughs> That's a good. I appreciate uh, it. The wife was not happy, but who cares? Uh, Mark, well, that's okay. That's okay. You're here with <laughs> us now, and that's the most important thing. Uh, in fact, even more important than that is the fact that you got to kick off the MPLW season over the weekend. It might not have been the exact result you wanted, of course, a nil or draw against Box Hill, but there were definitely chances to uh, win that game and take the three points. Maybe it was just one of those games where on another day the result might have been different. But how did how did you see it? Um, listen, I thought we, we did quite well, to be honest. And um, we've always, for some reason, um, ever since uh, Colder's sort of been around since 2016, we've, we've always struggled to play at Box Hill's ground. Um, it's quite an awkward, small, tight little ground. And mm. um, we, we have we have suffered a couple of losses, to be quite honest, at that venue previously. So um, it's, not a, it's not a place that we've always liked to go and play. Uh, but saying that, I thought well, we controlled the game pretty well, and mm. we probably should have won it in the end. Um, we we did we didn't make we actually didn't make any subs because of the the type of game that it was. But um, listen, I was happy with the point in the end just because of the history uh, of the place uh, and, and the, the loss that we've had previously. Yeah, and Box Hill have recruited pretty aggressively this season as well. So uh, decent opposition you were coming up against. You, you felt you had the the better of the the ninety minutes. Yeah, I think we controlled it. Um, that was that was the most important thing for me is that we controlled um, pretty much the whole game. Um, I don't think Alyssa, our goalkeeper, had to make uh, probably maybe one save for the whole game. Um, and I think we put enough pressure on them um, probably to win the game in the end. But as I said, oh, we came away from there happy because we know that they have recruited well um, and they will be a pretty dangerous side, I think, this year. So I'll take a point on a Friday night at Box Hill pretty much any day, to be honest. And was that similar to the message you were giving to the team at, at full time, just, uh, you know, uh, a different day, a different venue, maybe even that that result would be a different thing and it's a long season. What was the, what was the message? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I'm a sore loser. So I, I take a draw at the lot. So um, I try and um, keep myself composed in those scenarios because I don't want them to see that I'm a, I'm annoyed, but um, no, it was pretty much that. It was, you know, we sort of also took into the fact that it was our first, you know, proper proper game of the year. So um, we've we got a lot to build on and obviously we've got a full season and that's what we focused on. You know, we said we've still got 20 games left with finals, hopefully. So um, it was it was one game for us and it was it was a good start. We were happy with it. And one of the big impacts and one of the big differences this season, of course, is that involvement with Western United, you know, the, the enhanced sort of benefits to the, the training and being linked in with that group. How do you feel that's going to impact and, and benefit you over over the course of this MPLW season? 
Um, I think I think it would have a lot of positive effects on the situation because the girls will train obviously one extra session with, with Wesley United in, in the academy. Um, obviously, I think, I think it's about ninety percent of our Coles senior side are in the Wesley United academy. So having that extra training session, I think only um, advances them and, and prepares them better for for this level. Um, the disadvantages are obviously as well. You know, like for example, the, the weekend that we we head over to Tassie with the Wesley United um, academy group. Um, that same week, we've actually got bullying in the uh, in the NPL the night before, and we've got actually Essendon Royals in the Cup five days before. So we're potentially playing, you know, some girls might be playing three games in a matter of seven days. So they're the disadvantages, but um, I try and just look at all the positives of the scenario and and just think that this is a fantastic thing for women's football and obviously for our preparation in regards to uh, an A League an A League women's side. Absolutely, and and are those the kind of discussions that have been going on with the club about the the plans for the future? Yeah, I mean, uh, b- between both clubs, we're we're very obviously ambitious. Uh, uh, obviously, having a CEO like Chris, mate, he's a very <laughs> ambitious person. So um, we're very ambitious as well, and we're on that journey. So it's for us, it's just a matter of um, connecting those dots in the short term in regards to preparation of players. Um, being ready, basically, when they say you're in and you're ready to go, that's that's my goal with with Calder is making sure that we've got those uh, those dots connected. So when when we're called upon and and we're ready to go, that that we are, uh, and I think that we will be. Well, with respect to connecting those short term dots, Mark, how do you look ahead at this at this MPLW season? Obviously, Calder in 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 years gone by and completed seasons gone by have been a real standout team, but. Obviously, we saw Bulleen and, and South, you know, play out their game over the weekend. Bulleen getting a win there. Uh, South looking like a pretty strong side in, in preseason. How do you find Calder fitting into all that in the uh, year to come? Yeah, I think um, I think for us, uh, we, we set the, the foundations very early in the, in the clubs, um, you know, when we started, obviously, in 2016. So for us, it was about building building the club from the start and having a really good name and having that success um, on the park, and and we we established that. Um, I think we're probably one of the most successful clubs in Victoria, probably in its history, mm. uh, in regards to the amount of trophies we won in sh- such a short time. So, our our tune sort of shifted um, this year, um, and it shifted towards the progression and development of of our own players. Um, obviously, to then feed into the West United program. Um, so, we've sort of changed our our. our I guess philosophy in regards to where we want to be as a club uh, and co- as Calder, um, and you know we were able to elevate I think seven or eight players from our under 19s into our senior side this year, and and our goal is to give them you know as much exposure as possible, um, while we've still got some you know some strong senior players. So for us, it's all about that I guess that progression um, and that you know that getting ready I guess for for the next stage. Um, and, and that's how I look at it. I'm not looking at it as if, obviously, I, like I said, I'm a sore loser. We want to win every single game. Uh, but for us, it's about preparing players for the next level. And if that comes at a, you know, at, at some games at, at a loss, then it does. But for us, it's it's more about the preparation of the players and putting them in scenarios that never been, they've never been before um, to prepare them for that next level. I mean, that's the dream, right? To have that pipeline of players from the West coming through and, and being prepared to, to elevate themselves to, to professional level. How, how have those players that you've promoted this season um, taken to the senior group? Uh, it's, been, it's been excellent. Like, we had a lot of um, pre-season games where we, 
we we had to utilize those those young girls a lot because obviously our senior players some of them are still in we're still in WE commitments with Victory and City, um, so that was a chance to give some of those young girls a lot of exposure in those games, um, and obviously now in the first couple of games also because we don't get access to those WE girls and, you know until the next week or two, so um, they've adjusted really well and you can actually see the the difference in their progression. Some of these girls have. Uh, have excelled and and it's it's so amazing to see because we've got girls in our senior side that have been at our club ever since they were 13 14 years old um so to see them you know as 18 19 year olds now playing in our senior side and, and hopefully knocking on the door in the next year or two um in our with our w league team with western um that's that's results for me that's how i'm looking at this year our results are pro- probably more based around player uh, and the player and that preparation that's that's where I'm looking at results so yes I want the points as much as we can and we want to win Nike FC Cups and all that type of thing but I'm, I'm probably basing our results more on that player um, that player development and with that in mind and with the the recent success of players coming through as well at the forefront you must have been very pleased to see the way the under 19 side started their season this weekend with a, a yeah. 6-2 win I imagine you keep a, quite a close eye on them yeah, definitely. It was also an opportunity, like part of the plan with the with the young senior girls that we've got in our senior squad is to give them some exposure in the under-19s when they don't play regularly in the seniors. So we're able to put two or three of those girls in that side over the weekend. And uh, believe it or not, the, the, the game was 1-0 down. We were 1-0 down at half time. So uh, we, we scored six in the second half. And um, those senior girls found their feet in the second half. And we, we've got an absolute... Um, ripper uh, of a team in that 19 squad. We've got some 15-year-olds, 14, 15-year-olds um, that are in that side playing, you know, under-19s. And um, we see those girls as a huge part of our future. Um, and, and we are so excited by, by that, that um, under-19s team led by, by Yosef Lankarich. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's as much of our senior side as it is a 19 side. Mm. It's a huge part of our, our success. I mean, Calder have been known for putting together some big score lines in MPLW seasons gone by. But even but six in a single half when you're 1-0 down is, is a pretty remarkable feat. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I might be worried. You might be chasing my job, that 19s coach, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, uh, cupping up against uh, FE Emerging next week, which is uh, sort of the state youth team, if people aren't familiar with it, uh, there'll be an opportunity for uh, a lot of a lot of young players to, to get some experience and uh yeah, it should be a good game. They were excellent last season. What are you expecting uh, this time around? Because they've—I noticed—they've had a lot of their best players from last year poached by uh, by other clubs. Yeah, um, pretty much the same uh, of last year. I, th- I think they'll be a very competitive side for us, and um, you get that with sort of 16, 17, 18 year old girls. They're, they're enthusiastic. They want to prove themselves, and obviously they're part of a state team. So, um, yeah, we're expecting them to be a good side. Um, Hopefully, our experienced players that we've got in our in our side this weekend, you know, get us over the line. But it's also pretty a pretty special day for us because there's two girls playing for for the emerging program that were actually juniors at our club, um, you know, as 12s and 14 year olds. So they're obviously in the state team now. And Ava Brightus and Caitlin Courage, it's a pretty special thing for us. Yes, they're playing on the opposition side, but they've promised me that they'll return one day to to Calder or to Western. So that's enough for me to be happy. Absolutely. That's fantastic. What a story. Um, speaking of your more experienced players, uh, none more so than Alex Sinclair, who's gone round again this year. Absolutely incredible career that she's had in Victorian football. How do, how do you sum her up? 
oh, mate, she's the, the spirit, she's the heart, she's just everything um, to our club. And uh, I've had the, the, the luxury of enjoying, you know, her journey, especially this part. Um, and, yeah, I, I, could, I can't even... I can't even explain what she means to our club and um, and to the players. Uh, like she's just well loved amongst the, uh, you know the whole league. Um, but she she provides us with, believe it or not, a, a lot of a lot of youthful um, excitement. You know, like she just runs around like she's twenty. You know, so for us, um, there's no there's no stopping Alex, and we we constantly you know say to her, let's let's get you on on a, on a five year contract because we believe she's going to go forever. Um, but yeah, no, we love Alex and. Uh, unfortunately, she sustained a little injury last week, so I'm not sure if she's up for selection this week. Um, she hurt her ankle in the, in the Bok Till game, so she's working through the week to hopefully get up for this week. So, um, so hopefully she'll be ready to go. But no, Alex is is, is huge, such special, such a special person to us. Someone like Alex is is she a player that, as a coach, you almost feel like you don't have to give too much instruction to as an individual because she just seems like the kind of player who has always got her head down and is just just motoring along, like doing all the right things. Like how do you manage a relationship with a player like that? Um, I think with Alex, it's pretty. I've got a pretty special relationship with her because we're not far in age and I won't say that, that <laughs> what my age is or what her age is, but um, we have our, our, our silly jokes in the change room sometimes before the game where every other player has no clue what we're even talking about because it's something from the 90s or something like that. You know, it's just a, a song A song comes on and we're like, do you remember that song? And we're, me and her look at each other and go, yeah, I remember that song, but everyone else has got no clue what we're on about. So we've got a pretty special relationship, me and Alex, but um, yeah, I on, on that, she's. I don't need to give too much to her, you know, because she's been there and done that, and she knows my expectations as a coach, and I know her expectations as a captain. So, um, don't get me wrong, you know, sometimes I need to, you need to, you need to still give her some certain things to do, but more often than not, Alex just like you said, motors ahead and does her job and carries everyone on her shoulders, you know, with us, including the coaches. She's just a fantastic person. I remember being there in uh, at Amy Park in 2019 when you when you lifted the title and the emotional scenes with Alex afterwards were really really special mm-hmm. and uh, I mean would you believe still the reigning champions <laughs> all these years later from that season so we haven't quite got to a grand final uh, in Victoria since then which is almost unthinkable but uh, that was that was a pretty special day and uh, I often think back on it as as one of the one of the uh, I guess more emotional days in, in Victorian football, seeing her lift the, lift the trophy. Yeah, that day there was, um, I, I, I put that down as probably my most memorable moment as a coach um, because of the, how co- courageous that girl was for that day um, to go out and do what she did. So, um, you know, we, we often shed a tear, myself and Alex, when we have conversations about that day because that was a, a pretty sp- special moment. And um, it was it was actually brought to our attention again on before the game at Box Hill that, and it was Alex who probably said it that you know we're still the reigning champions. We still own the Nike FC Cup. We still hold the the grand final win. So you know what, we'll, we'll hold that until someone takes it off us. And um, yeah, it was it, it was a special day. It was definitely a special day that one. I'm sure that was a reference that the rest of the squad would have gotten. Unlike the unlike the songs and the movies that everyone definitely understood. Everyone the, on the uh, same page. Everyone yeah. definitely was on the reigning same page with the colder colder 2019 season. <laughs> oh, everyone remember that because also like I said, there's there's eight you know, under-19s in that team. And they also won it that year and basically went through flawless. So, um, you know, th- there's a winning mentality in that group. So they know they know how to win and they know how to play for each other. But um, that year was a, an absolute 
clean up for us. And uh, mm. and yeah, th- there's girls in that room that definitely know know how to win, which is great. Maybe one final one for you, Mark, before before we let you go. Obviously, you've talked a lot about the the potential for development that this season brings and and bringing more young players through the fold. What excites you most about the season ahead and this this partnership with Western? Um, the, the the most I think the probably the most important thing for me and the most exciting for me is is the end pathway. Um, there's finally something for girls um, out west. And more importantly, in that you know, in that sort, yeah, in that West Corridor where these girls can aspire to play at the highest level. Um, and Alex is a perfect example. She's born and bred in the Western suburbs, and people should be looking at that as it's never too late to have success, or never too late to get to where you want to get to. Um, and that partnership between Calder and Western has has formed that. Um, and for us, it's I mean, for me in particular. Um, having been part of the journey from the start with Calder and now the the whole connection with Western United, is there is a very very clear pathway uh, for for any young lady that wants to play football and and we are open to I guess we are open to any, anyone everyone that wants to be part of that journey and I'm sure you guys hear Chris always talking about that it's 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 a unique it's a unique environment and I actually believe that the other clubs both A League clubs and NPR clubs are just wanting you know, wanting to, to be and do, do something like we're doing. Um, so for me, it's it's just about the pathway. It is about a clear pathway for girls to get to the A-League and to be Matilda or to play for their country or to do whatever. So that's, that's for me, is the most important part of that relationship. But obviously, it's a, it's a huge thanks to, to Western and, and obviously the Calder Committee and for them to, to forge that, that, that link um, because it's just provided opportunities for young ladies, which is most important. Well, Mark, uh, we could talk to you all night, but uh, we've got to wrap the show and you've got to get back to your in-laws. So uh, thank you so much for your insights tonight. It's been absolutely brilliant. And uh, you just le- left us uh, dreaming of a, of an A-League women's debut for Alex Sinclair in a Western United jersey. Cannot wait for that day. No problems, guys. Thanks a lot for having me, yeah? Uh, it's our pleasure, mate. Uh, good luck on the weekend. The game is against FB Emerging at Keelor Park, Saturday, 3 p.m. kickoff. And that one's live streamed on MPL.tv as well if you can't make it in person. Mm. That's all we've got tonight on The Green Room. Thank you, Lockie. We'll be back at the same time next week. Uh, enjoy the weekend's football. All three sides in action yet again. And we'll, uh, we'll do it all again next week. Uh, this has been The Green Room on FNR, presented by Simmons Homes, the great Australian builder. Have a fantastic week, and we'll speak to you again soon. Western United, can they find something here? Big chance for Russia. He's done it again. And it's a goal. Unbelievable. What about this? Dylan Piraeus, his first touch of the game. Sanchez. Western United do claim the three points. And Diamante again. Oh, he's done it twice. He's chipped a keeper. Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR. Football Nation Radio.